share some things. Uh, Haggai, Haggai, whatever, it's there. In the middle, it's right in the middle. If you're looking, it's toward the end of the Old Testament. It's right there toward the end of the Old Testament, Zephaniah, Haggai. Haggai chapter number 1. If you will, if you don't mind, if you'll stand to your feet as we read God's Word. Very important that we reverence the Holy Word of God. This is, this is God's mind on paper. Do you realize the only thing we know about God or heaven is in this book? God wrote down what He wanted us to know about Him. You say, is this everything about God? Oh, Lord, no, no, no. That's just only what He thought we could comprehend. Uh, this is God's Word. Now, let's read Haggai chapter 1 in verse number 1. When you get there, say amen. Amen. It says, in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai. Now, we need to hear the word of the Lord. When we come to God's house, we need to be looking in God's word around God's people. But more than anything, we need to hear a word from the Lord. We need to know what we're getting and what we're having is coming from the Lord. Uh, Because then we'll understand where we are and understand where God wants us to be. Well, God has a prophet, and he sends this prophet to two particular men. The Bible says he sent Haggai unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, uh, governor of Judah, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest. They were two leaders, uh, the civil leader, the governor, and the spiritual leader, the high priest there. He says this in verse number 2. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the... You see that? Just keep repeating itself over and over. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, your luxurious houses, and this house lieth waste? Now therefore, thus saith... Over... And over and over, he said, this is what God is saying. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, and ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, and there is no, none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. In other words, it, it comes in but it goes out faster than it comes in. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. In other words, I cursed it. Why? Why would God do that to somebody? Saith the Lord of hosts, Because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. Dear Lord, we thank you for your blessings. Oh, Jesus, help me today. God, I believe I have your word. I believe I have the outline, and I believe it's making the devil mad. And Lord, he's not going to stand for this, and I know he's going to try to bother us and all that kind of thing. And and God, I pray that you'll please put a hedge about this place. Lord, let me preach with confidence. Lord, let me preach in the anointing of God. I know I have thus saith the Lord, but God, I need the anointing to say it. 
And Lord, I pray that you'll anoint me with your power, with your love, your touch. Lord, I pray the anointing of the Spirit of God will be upon me today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Church, you may be seated. This message this morning, uh, this message this morning is something uh, that I would typically preach on a Sunday night, not a Sunday morning. Uh, because most of the time on Sunday morning you have more guests, you have more uh, visitors, you usually have more lost folk that uh, 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 are, are lost, that doesn't know the Lord personally. Uh, usually you'll have uh, more of that type. So I like to do a gospel type message and, and share the plan of salvation and all that kind of thing. But, but when you got to do what God wants you to do, you just got to do what thus saith the Lord. Amen. And, and God has led this way and, and, and has given this message and I want to preach what God said to do. And I, I pray that you'll pray for me in that way. And uh, if you are a guest, just humor me this morning. Uh, this is really to God's people. This is really to the members of Temple Baptist Church. I, everybody can get help from it. Everybody can receive a blessing from it. But primarily, the target is God's people. You need to understand something. God cares about who you are. God cares about where you are. And God cares about what you're doing. The Bible says this in Haggai. Haggai was one of the minor prophets. Nothing minor about his message, but he's, he's referred to as a minor prophet because of the content, only two chapters in the book. And, and, and he comes on the scene. And let me, let me lay a little history out for you. Uh, the, the children of Israel, they went into captivity. Babylon came and took them into captivity for 70 years. They were in captivity. They had destroyed the temple. They had destroyed the city. They had destroyed the walls around Jerusalem. But now God has let them go back home to begin rebuilding what they had destroyed. God has allowed them. Thank God for second chances. Amen. Thank God that he is a God of mercy. Thank God he is long-suffering. And even though sometimes he has to get our attention, he always has mercy on us. And, and, and after 70 years... He calls some 50,000 Jews to go back home and to start rebuilding the wall, start rebuilding the temple, start back the worship of God like he intended it in the beginning. And that's what we had. We know uh, as we come back that these, these Jews came back with these two leaders and here they are, they're going after it. They're building the wall. Uh, we know Nehemiah was part of that, and, and he goes and helps. And as they begin to work, he said, we're doing a great work. Here they are, and they're rebuilding, and they're going after it. They have the foundation laid to the temple, the brand-new temple, and the young men were excited. The old men were crying because they remembered the glory of the former temple, but they were doing a good work. They had started and going after it, and they were all excited about it, and then something happened, like it always does. Here comes opposition. Here comes opposition. Do you realize any time you do the Lord's work, there's always going to be opposition? The Bible says, on this rock, Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. He didn't say they would try. He didn't say they wouldn't attempt. He just said they wouldn't prevail. He said they're going to come after it with everything they've got. They're going to throw every arsenal they have. Satan will always come after God's people when they're accomplishing a purpose for him. Always. Say, what point are you making? The Bible says in Ezra chapter 4, verse number 4, then the people of the land, uh, they weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. 
and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. How many of y'all ever been frustrated in serving God? Frustrated in your class. Frustrated in your ministry. Frustrated in trying to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish. Frustrated in this and frustrated in that. I know the feeling. I've been there and I know you have. But the Bible says they came against them and tried to frustrate in their purpose. What was the purpose? To build the temple. God had called them to come back and build the temple. And here they are. There is an involvement of the adversary. Number two, there is an indifference of the assembly. There's two problems. Now, this is not the outline. This is just the intro, all right? I'm getting to it, and it won't be long. The intro's a little longer than the outline, all right? So just bear with me, and don't freak out on me. Say amen right there. I'm as hungry as you are. Trust me, all right? Uh, I had one little donut about that big, and that ain't, that, that's left me a long time ago. Amen. Now... Uh, there was two issues and two problems that they faced. It was the involvement of the adversary, then the indifference of the assembly. What happened was this. When they ran into opposition, when they ran into problems, they got frustrated, uh, they got weary in their purpose, and they quit. They quit. Foundations laid. I mean, they had everything going good. Everything was on a roll. Everything was going like it should have been going. I mean, everything we, we see in progress. I mean, they had the foundation, have a foundation laying ceremony, and I mean, everything's going great. And now here they are, frustrated, and they quit. Sixteen years. How long? They didn't do anything. Sixteen years. They just let it lay. And now, God is... Stepping on the scene. Seventy years in captivity. Here they come. God calls them. God commissions them. God supplies their need. Now, here they are. They run into opposition and they quit. They quit. They just, they just quit. Well, I want to preach this morning on this subject. I want to preach on the subject, the hijacking of priority. The hijacking of priority. We know of hijacking planes. Uh, we know of, of hijacking trains. And, and we know of hijacking all this stuff. And now there's something called carjacking. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, they'll stop you and steal your car. Now, some of us are praying somebody will stop you and steal your car. Say amen. I mean, you're running around with the windows down praying, oh, God, let somebody steal this car. Amen. Huh. I've had cars before that I would pray if somebody stole my car. Amen. But you know what? Carjacking. They take what doesn't belong to them. They will stop the momentum and steal. That word hijack means to stop and then steal. Now, here's the deal. that The progress was stopped and they stole what they should have been doing. They stole their joy. They stole their excitement. They stole, listen, they were all fired up about serving God. They were all fired up about building this temple. They were all fired up about doing the purpose of God. And now they're not doing a blessed thing. You know, it's easy to get people excited about a ministry. It's just hard to keep them that way. It's easy to start something new and, and get everybody, we're going to start, yeah, all right. And then keeping them there is the problem. Why? Because the devil has a good way of hijacking our priority. 
We've been preaching. I know this ain't Christmassy, and I, I, I wish it was, but I gotta, I, I'm trying to my best to get into the Christmas spirit, but God won't let me. He's staying somewhere. And I believe this. God has allowed us to go through a numerical growth this year. God has blessed us in attendance, and now He expects us to grow up. He expects us to mature. We will go through a time of attendance growth, but then God wants us to go through spiritual growth and mature and develop and be what God has called us to be. Now, you say, what do we see? Now, I'm going to give you three things, and we're going we're to go eat somewhere. Amen. Amen. Go eat somewhere. Number one, I want you to see the complaint. The complaint. Write that down. If you're taking notes, I want you to see the complaint. The Bible says, the Bible says in verse number two, Thus speaketh the Lord. Of hosts saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then he says this in verse number four Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses? And the word sealed means luxurious, it means something uh, elaborate uh, that they had there. He said, You are living in these elaborate, luxurious houses, and my house lies waste. It is desolate. It is in need. It has a great need there. You have your own. And listen, I have nothing here in this place. What's the point? Did you catch what he said there? He said, this people. Did y'all catch that? This people. Anywhere in the Bible you find God talking about the nation of Israel, he was always talking about what? Hello? If people shall humble themselves. What did he say? If. Do you realize God was so upset about this deal, he didn't even call them my people? He said, this people. What are you saying? God takes his house seriously. God takes what goes on in these four walls. God takes what goes on in the ministry here at Temple very, very seriously. He was upset. He had a complaint. He said, here you are. You started well. You started strong. You started going and is excited about what you're doing. But this house has laid dormant for 16 years. He's got a complaint. What's the complaint? A, the condition of his place. The condition of his place. He said, my house lies in wait. You said, preacher, how do we apply that to today? How do we apply that to today? It's amazing to me, we started with 30 in the, R, in the RU program, and now we have six. 30 people excited about helping the addicted. 30 people excited about serving God. 30 people excited about doing a great work for God, and now there's six of them. Why? Because opposition came. Because it got to be work. It got to be a little difficult. It got to be a little tiresome. You say, preacher, you shouldn't be so mean. I'm just preaching what God told me to preach. It's very easy. It's very easy. Now, let's all be careful with our amen and, and, and everything because we all are going to get it sometime or another during this message. I have a feeling today. Listen, we need to understand something. If it's worth doing, it's worth staying after. And if it's going to get anything accomplished, I guarantee you Satan will bring all of hell against you. And we can't just quit every time opposition comes. We can't just quit every time we get tired. We can't just quit every time. Listen, it gets a little difficult. Listen, we need workers. We need help. There's 30, listen, uh, 36 workers in the, in, the, uh, 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 in the Sunday school department. We need six workers in the children's church. That's a lack. That's a need. In the care ministry, we need 30 more to help on the in-care. 
30 more so people aren't getting burned out. You see, half the choir had to leave to go do the care ministry because we've got others sitting out that's not doing anything. God says, my house is lying waste. He says, there's a need, there is a lack here. He says this, listen, children's church needs four new workers. Choir needs 30 new members. The nursery, dear God, help us. We had to shut down Sunday night and Wednesday night choir, or excuse me, nursery, because we didn't have enough people to staff it. Well, just use what you have. No, they're burnt out. They're ready to quit. We can't do that. God's saying, my house is lying waste. We have way too many people to have that kind of lack. It's not that the people aren't here. We're not stepping up to meet the need. My house lies waste. Listen, 40 new workers needed in the nursery. That's just so everybody will have to just serve once a Sunday. Or excuse me, once a, a, a month. Ushers, we need six new ushers. Parking lot attendants, we need five or six new parking lot attendants. We're, beginning, we're going to begin an in-care ministry that, that cares for those folks that are in here, our church members, those that, that are out sick, maybe the shut-in, uh, uh, maybe those that are having issues or difficulties. We need help there. Preacher, what are you saying? There's no reason in this world a church this size should be lacking in that kind of way. It shouldn't be. And God's saying, I have a complaint. The condition of my house. The condition of my house. Now, let me, let me say this. I've had people say, well, I would do something, but what I want to do, somebody else is always doing it. Well, <laughs> I can't say what I want to say. But this is the deal. We need to help where the need is. I can't go and say, Brother Dole, you can't do that because somebody else wants to do your part, so you've got to quit so they can do that. What's he going to do? Does everybody understand that? That's pretty common sense, isn't it? Is there, y'all, y'all are awful quiet up here for some reason. Y'all. Where is the need? Where do we find the need? God is saying, my house lieth waste. Why? Why? I have a complaint. There's a need. There's a lacking in my house. He says, not only am I complaining about the condition of my place, but I'm complaining about the complacency of my people. Complacency, unconcern, uncaring. Listen, I, I had two things underneath that, and I know we're really having a great time this morning. Uh, uh, but the complacency we see in the argument they proposed. Verse number 2. He said, this people say that they had an excuse. They had an excuse. Don't we all have an excuse? Dr. E.V. Hill said an excuse is nothing more than a lie wrapped in laziness. I said, that's pretty good stuff, amen? This people say the time has not come. Oh, it's not time yet. We don't need to worry about that yet. The time, the, the time well, and, and, and see, we can compare that to today. That we have a need, but people are saying, oh, it's not time for me to get involved yet. Oh, I don't need to. I, well, this, we've got this going on, and we've got that going on, and we've got this. Where is your contribution to the ministry? The argument that they proposed. They said, it's not time yet. They had an excuse. They had an excuse. But not only that, I want you to see this. The activity. The activity. Or the agenda they pursued. The agenda they pursued, not only the argument they proposed, but the agenda that they pursued. Watch verse 9. Watch verse 9. He said, you look for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you did bring it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? 
Because of mine house that lieth waste. He said, there's a need, but ye run every man unto his own. In other words, everybody's got their own agenda. Everybody's got their own priority. Everybody's got their own desires. Everybody's got their own things. They got to get done. I don't have time for God because I got all this other stuff. Why his house lies waste. You say, you can't compare that. They're talking about building a, a building. They're talking about building. All right, let me put it this way. On this rock, I will build my, I will build my church. All right? He didn't, he's not referring to sheetrock and concrete. He's referring to people. Now, let me explain it this way. Uh, the Bible says we are built up lively stones. We're, we're, we're a habitation of praise unto God. God is building us up that way. Then he says this in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, uh, verse 11 and 12. He said God has given us pastors and teachers and evangelists. And, and, and he's done that for a reason. And the next verse says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You know what the word edify means? To build up. Amen. To build up. The building up of the church. This is, now we look at the church, we look at the church as this building. And this is a cool building, but this is not the church. When God says the church, he's talking about the people that's in it. God is building the people that's in it. God is building the people that's here. You are the church. I am the church. We're the body of Christ. We are the church. And when he said he wants to build them up, watch how this works. Pastors, evangelists, teachers are edifying or perfecting the saints. We are developing you. It is my responsibility. It is my job. It is my calling to come and to take you and teach you and train you and develop you and encourage you and mature you. The Bible says it is my responsibility to help you find what God's calling for your life is. Help God, listen, help you find what the gift that God has given you because in that same chapter, he says every person has a gift to be used in the house of God. What are they going to use it for? What is the purpose for that? It's to build up the house of God. God wants you to be contributing to the building of the house of God. Building of the church. Building of God's people. Preacher, what are you saying? As I develop and encourage and train and, and mature you, you're working the work of the ministry. You're finding your gift. You're operating. Whether it's singing up there. Wasn't that a cool song? She's operating in her gift. Listen, teaching up there on the top, teaching down there to young people, getting involved in the care ministry, all these other things. You have a gift. You have something that God has specifically given just to you so you can use it in building the church. But as we apply it to this story, we have our own agenda. We don't have time. We have our own priorities. I don't have time. Preacher, I would, but I don't have time. I've got to do this and I've got to do that. God is saying this morning, he's sick and tired of everybody having their own agenda and not putting him first. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. God saying, I want to be first. He says, here I am, my house, and nothing but a foundation there. Here I am, my house is here. I've called you out. I've supplied your need. I've redeemed you out of Egypt. I have, listen, I have been all that you need and provided for all you need. And here you are, run off doing your own thing. And here my house is in great need. God has a problem with that. God has a problem with folks that could but don't. He said, my house lies waste. He said, I've, I've saved them. 
have met their needs, done all these things, yet they can't find time to serve me. The complacency of his people. Number two, not only the complaint, but I want you to see the consequences. The consequences. He says this in verse 6. In verse 5, he says, consider your ways. Watch what happens because of that. The complacency of his people, their own agenda. They don't have time to serve God. It's okay to come and enjoy it. It's okay to come and enjoy the preaching and the singing. Well, they're not enjoying the preaching today. But sometimes they do, amen? Enjoy the building, enjoy the, everything that's here that God's provided. But never want to help. It's like the person that's always having pizza over to watch the game, and they always come to eat pizza, but they don't ever help pay for it. Don't that irritate you, Brother O'Neill? You, you never was like that, was you? No. God said, here, everything I provided. And, and he said, now watch what happens because of that. By the way, remember what I said, just like there's always challenges to our priorities, Satan's always going to fight when we do anything for God, always. But there's always consequences when we get our priorities out of whack. Always. He says this. You have sown much, and you bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes in it. Man. Then he says this. Verse 9. You look for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you did bring it home, I did blow upon it. God saying, I cursed it. Why? Saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that lieth in waste. And you run every man into his own house. What's the consequences of having your priority hijacked? What's the consequences? Do I have priority on that page? Do I have priority on that page? Did you have it up there? The definition of priority? Will you put that up for just a minute? Priority. Priority. What's a priority? If it's going to be hijacked, I guess we ought to know what it is. Let's read it. What is a priority? Superiority. In, let's all read it. We see a, pri, a privilege, or excuse me, a priority is first. In our life, it's first. All right? We have a priority. It's first in rank. Bless God, it gets, that's first. Here we go. All right? All right, now, read the next one. Something... Something given or meriting attention before, what's those next two words? You know what that means? It means no matter what our priority is, there's always going to be a competing alternative. There's always going to be something else competing for our time. There's always going to be something else competing to be first place in our life. There's always going to be something else competing. Always, there's always going to be a challenge. Satan wants to hijack our priority. Now, what happens when he does? What happens when he does? Write this down. We see the consequences in this happening. There is an unsuccessful harvest. An unsuccessful harvest. I believe God is saying this. 
because they were farmers. They were, uh, 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 they were uh, agriculturalists in that day. And he's saying, and it has more to do with your finances. He says, you're planting, but you're not getting nothing. There is an unsuccessful harvest. Everything you invest, you're not getting a return on your investment. Basically, what are you saying? You're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. You say you're struggling financially. You're struggling spiritually. You're struggling. It seems like you're doing more and getting less. You're trying harder. You're trying harder in the, in the, uh, 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 the, the secular realm. You're trying harder on the job. You're trying harder in, 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 in life in that area with your children. You're trying harder in all these other areas, yet you're getting less results. Even the harder you try, the less it's working. He said, you've planted and nothing's happened. Not only that, not only an unsuccessful harvest, but watch what he says in B. We see an unsatisfied hunger. You just can't, just can't find satisfaction. Can't find satisfaction. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? I'm, I'm kind of scared to do this because I know, I know our people. But in the 60s, in the 60s, that era, in that time frame, was just everybody do what you want. I mean, if you're not with the one you love, just love the one you're with. If it feels good, do it. I mean, every man, do right whatever's in your own eyes. I mean, whatever you want to do in, in freedom, liberation, you know what I'm saying? All that, that, that was the, the, the theme of that generation. I mean, it was all about every man doing And you would think if man gets to do what he wants to do about anything and everything, he would be happy. You'd think he'd be satisfied. You'd think that'd be fine. But you know what? You know what the number one song during that time was? I can't get no... See, y'all knew it. Y'all ain't supposed to know that. I see what I'm preaching on tonight. Amen. No. I mean, this was the free time. This was when everybody did what they wanted to do. I mean, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, everything, all this stuff. Yet the number one song was, can't get no satisfaction. You know what? That's what God's trying to say. Here we do, we have our own agendas, we have our own priorities. We're doing what we want to do, yet we're still not satisfied. Yet we're still not happy. We still have a longing. We're still thirsty. You know, I don't think, there's, I don't think there is a worse feeling than being thirsty. When you're real hot, and you, I mean, just, I remember we went on a missions trip to Mexico. And uh, when we flew in, we flew in a little plane. There was a big old mountain right beside the village we stayed in there. And, uh, and uh, it was in Guadalajara, Mexico. And, and, and us boys, we had this smart idea. We was going to climb the mountain. And uh, we was tough. We was, you know, was going to conquer this mountain. And here we are. We, we, we struck out. And it seemed like we walked for three days. It, it wasn't but about 20 minutes. But it seemed like three days. And we just kept walking and walking and we finally turned around, and, man, we was way up. didn't seem like we was going up because it was such a gradual incline. And, and man, we climbed and climbed about half the day. About half the day was over. We finally got to the top. And, man, we, you know how boys are. They're dumb. Say amen, lady. I mean, we didn't think about nothing. We didn't think about a, a canteen. We didn't think about bringing the water. We didn't think about nothing. We just, we're going to conquer that mountain. We just, you know, we're tough. And 
Man, we got on top of that hill, and we, here we are jumping up and down. Yeah, all right, yeah. And then we thought, man, we got to walk back down this thing. And here we are just about all day long, no water, and then we walk by a spring. Where are we? Where are we? Mexico. Mexico. What are you not supposed to do in Mexico? So here we are. It's the, it's the brother, brother O'Neill, it's the clearest water I've ever seen in my life. You could touch it, and it was so cold. It was just cold. And the missionaries' kid, they'd been there long enough that they were accustomed to it. And, I mean, they were just like hogs wallering in. I mean, they just drinking. And we, all of us missionary boys were just oh, dying of thirst. I mean, he was just drinking all, and it was cold, and it was almost tempting. But I done seen what happened when you do. It's like, uh-uh, I ain't drinking that water. But that thirst, that thirst, and there's so many people, and I'm mainly talking to Christians, God's people who are wondering why they're not happy, wondering why they're not satisfied, wondering why they work and they work and they work and they work and they have and they have and they, have and they even buy things and still. He said, you, you, you get drinking, you're not satisfied. You, you get and you're still hungry. An unsatisfied hunger. All that is a consequence is a priority. Let me prove it. Paul said this. I have learned, we learned this in Sunday school today. I have learned to whatever state I am to be. He said, if I've got a turkey sandwich, or if I've got turkey feathers, I've learned to be content. How is it possible, how is it possible for Michael Jordan and Garth Brooks and, 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 and all these other people? Who was that real goofy one, that real rich guy that was crazy? They had a movie about it. Who? Howard Hughes, that's him. Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes had more money than anybody could ever think about spending. And you know what? He just about went crazy because he was still never satisfied. I mean, they made a movie about him. He was never satisfied. And then how is it possible for that to be with all that he had? I mean, he could just snap his finger and have whatever he wanted. But then little old missionary can be in a grass hut in the middle of a desert in Africa and be as happy as a fat baby in a phone booth. <laughs> how is that possible? Because satisfaction don't come with your agenda. Satisfaction comes with his agenda. Now, I know y'all think I'm being hard on you, but I'm not. I'm trying to get y'all to understand what you're really after and looking for. You're trying to find it in the wrong place. You're looking for love in all the... See, y'all ain't supposed to know that one neither. Don't we do that? I mean, here we are, God saying, here it is right here. And we're all over here looking for it. You know why? Because the devil has hijacked it. He's made us think if we'll do this over here, if we'll accomplish this over here, if we'll spend all our time in doing this over here, our own agendas, then everything will be all right. And God's saying, here you are. You're putting seed in the ground and nothing's coming up. You're not satisfied. You're not happy. And you're wondering why. I'll tell you why. Because all you care about is your agenda and not mine. I remember when I told When I, when I shared with my wife that we were moving to Alabama. 
did that behind closed doors. Say amen right there. We was living in South Carolina, and, and, and I know the first thought, her, there's no way. He's lost his mind. He's done it. He, first it was Costa Rica, now it was Coleman. What's up with that? But you know, you had to put God's agenda first. And you know what? You'd have to take a team of mules to drag her away from Coleman right now. Loves this place. You know why? Because we put his agenda first. Now this is the challenge. Let's hurry up and get done with this because I'm, we got to hurry. Amen. Number one. What was number one? God had a complaint. God had a complaint. Number two, we see the consequences. There's always consequences to, to things, all right? Uh, number three, I want you to see the... Say it with me. We see the... This is what he said to do. This is what he said to do. Sixteen years, they, they're dormant. They're not contributed anything to the house of God. First, he says this in verse number seven. Verse number seven. He said in verse five also, but verse seven. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. What's the next three words? Say it again. I only got two things and we'll be done, so, so, so bear with me. In the Lord's challenge, he, he, first he laid out his complaint. Then he laid out the consequences. He said, this is why you, you, you do, you're going through what you're going through. This is why you're facing what you're facing. This is why you ain't happy. This is why you're not satisfied. So forth and so forth. Laid the complaint, the consequences. But now he's issuing a challenge. This is what he says. Before he gave them the command to go up into the mountain and get the trees and bring them down to build the house, get the lumber, before he said that, first he said this, consider, why do you reckon he did that? Why do you reckon he didn't say, chop, chop, get busy, come on, come on, let's bring the architects, let's bring the carpenters, let's bring the tile people, let's get something done here. He didn't do that. Before he sent him to be active, he said, I want you to think about something. And this is what I want you to do today. Before we get to that place, before we get to that place of, of, of putting our feet to the floor, let's engage our mind. And I don't want you to consider what I'm doing. I don't want you to consider what Brother Doyle's doing. I don't want you to consider what Brother O'Neill's doing. I don't want you to consider what Brother Johnny's doing. But God says, I want you to consider what? Too many times we try to compare ourselves with somebody else. Well, I tell you what, I, I see so-and-so over there. And I tell you, if they're in good shape, man, I'm fine. But God doesn't want us to compare ourselves with nobody else. He said, consider so how can we do that? How can we apply that today? Well, do this. This is how we do it. What am I doing? Let's think about this a minute. What am I doing to contribute to the building of this house? Now, remember what I said. The house is not the framework and the, and the sheetrock and the concrete. What's the house? People. The people, the body of Christ, right? Are y'all with me? Y'all ain't mad. Stay with me. Get mad after, all right? What am I doing... Consider my ways. What am I doing to help build this congregation? And I'm not necessarily saying in number-wise. I mean just in everything. Because teachers help build spiritually. Uh, workers help take care of little children so other people can hear and, and hear the gospel. 
There are others down there in, 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 in junior church down there uh, uh, that, that, that does all kinds of things to minister to the little people so they can learn. So let's ask ourselves, what am I doing? Not what are they doing. Not, but what, what am I doing? If everybody's got a gift and God expects everybody to contribute to the process, God expects us to contribute to his house, what am I doing? Consider, come on, I lost some folks right there. Consider, that's, that's not fun, is it? Because when we really get honest with ourselves, what are we really doing? So, while you're thinking about that, he said this. He challenged them to consider their ways. Then he said this. He challenged them this. He wanted cooperation in the... Cooperation in the... Where did they have to go to get the lumber? Where at? Has anybody ever climbed a mountain? Has anybody ever heard of somebody doing that? Has anybody climbed stairs? My class had to climb them twice. We in the upstairs of the upstairs. I had a mutiny this morning. I got ready to tease. Get your Bibles. I need a floor class. Amen. But do you know it's work climbing? It's work. They had to go up to the mountain, cut the trees, and bring them back down. You know why we don't want to get in God's agenda? Because sometimes God's agenda requires work. How many of y'all know that sometimes work is tiring? And you've been on your feet on that concrete and working with people and 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 you waitresses and waiters in here god bless all of y'all if, if i had to do what you had to do there would be people living with bowls on top of their heads say amen i'd be fired the first day i'm telling y'all y'all got y'all are wonderful and, and 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 but you imagine that all day long and it's tiresome work is if it's work but God said, go to the mountain and get this done. You know what I found out about this? You know what I found out about this? The more, the more that cooperates in the work, the less work, are y'all with me? I am so tempted to use my illustration again. How many of y'all men was involved in the illustration about holding up the, holding up the, uh, uh, uh. Did anybody not see that? Did anybody not see the illustration of the pulpit, holding up the pulpit? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you never saw, oh. Come on, freak. Lee Lee. Right on up here, son. This will be the last thing. Come on, Shane. Bring the other Shane, too. Yeah. Johnny, you got any back problems or anything? 
people. Come on up. Now you're lying in the house of God. All right. Joe, you got any back problems? Well, come on up. Quick, quick, quick. This time, I'm going to be sitting on top. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. All right. All right. Now, raise your hand again. No, 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 no. No, no, put them back. Now, don't be messing with flowers. See that? My house that lies waste right here. Now, raise your hand again if you never saw this. Raise it real high, real high. Wow. This is great. All right. Now, all right, fellas, you know the drill. Let's go way up there. Come on. All right. Now, this represents the work of God, right? Holding, holding it up. How many of y'all can see that? The work of God right here. But see, here's what happens. Uh, Shane says, Shane says, oh, there's plenty enough to do it. They don't need me. And he goes home. Shane, you didn't get to do that last time, did you? He, he, he says, I got my own agenda. I got my own things to take care of. It's enough there. See, the most dangerous thing in a large church is the misconception that there's enough help. But do you realize, do you realize when you have a bigger church, you have more people in the nursery? You have more to do and more to get done, so you need more. But you know what? My man says, you know, I got things to do. I got cows to feed and stuff. I ain't got time to mess around at the church. So he goes home and feeds the goats. You know, I tell you what, I got a ball game to go to. I ain't got time for this. You got a ball game to go to? Yes, you do, huh? You ain't never went to a ball game in your life. All right. Man, I tell you. You wimp. But Doyle said, I got a flea market to go to. I got some shopping to get done. All right. Get tired there, buddy? What do you say, Bo? Everything all right? Saying freak, everything cool. Yeah, you know, freak says, you know, there's enough people out there working. Oh, that's right, that's right. There's enough people out there working. Okay. He ain't got time. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> Now watch. <laughs> now watch this. What's happening to these guys? Some of them are shaking. Now, as everybody's doing their own thing, what's it doing to these guys? But you know what? They didn't have no problem when they was all up here. Now, I ain't going to do what I did before. I only had two of them up here, and they like to die. But watch this. If we all contributed... This wouldn't be no problem. If we, y'all don't break my pulpit. All right, you can put it down. Easy, easy. Help them, boys. Help them. 
Give him a hand. It's so deceiving. It's so deceiving in a larger church. Oh, they've got plenty of help. Man, no, we don't neither. I sure would love, oh, help me. I would love to have the nursery again on Sunday night when. But we can't do it unless we have people to manage. And this is what I want to ask you. Trust me, I love every one of y'all. And I I want y'all to love me. But I've got to preach what God tells me to preach. And not only that, I want you to be happy. I want you to be satisfied. I want God to bless you and pour his blessings upon you. But it won't happen if you have your own agenda. But if you consider my ways, what am I contributing to this place? I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the gift that God has given you. Are you operating in that to build this house? Let me read this verse and we'll quit. The Bible says in verse number number 8, Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house and I will take pleasure in it. How many of y'all want God to be happy with you? And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Then it says this in verse number 12. Verse number 12. It says in uh, 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 verse 12, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jozadek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you. I am with you. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. And all the rest of them, the Bible says, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people, and they came and did work in the house. You know what I'd like to see in this place? I'd like to see us be obedient. That's what happened first. And when they were obedient, God gave them the confidence, I'm going to be with you. See, some people don't want to do that because they're afraid they won't be able to accomplish what God's calling them to. But God said, I will be with you. And he stirred them up. Church, I want to see this place full. I want to see this place running over. I want to see in just a little while us tear this wall out and extend the auditorium and fill that up. But it will never happen until those that are here get stirred up to do what God's called them to do to minister to those that God wants to bring in. Church, say amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. Lord, I know this is a little rough getting going. nobody Nobody wants to be confronted with a hijacked priority. Lord, I don't. I know they don't. Lord, we don't want to peel back the peel back the cover and see what's really there. But God, if we'll just take a little bit of time 